Welcome to Living Corporate, Zade, and Zach isn't here today, but we do have an interview he had with the wonderful Minda Hart. Minda describes herself as a founder, philanthropist, and seat creator, which seat creator is incredible to me as a phrase in and of itself, but Minda is a beast. She is an adjunct professor of public service of uh, NYU's Robert F. Wagner Graduate School of Public Service. That was a mouthful. She's also the founder of The Memo LLC, which actually I got regularly in my inbox faithfully before we even had a conversation with Minda. Uh, It's a a career development company for women of color. And her debut book, which is called The Memo, comes out this fall with the Hatchet Book Group Seal Press. She's been featured in Forbes, CNBC, The Guardian, The Washington Post, and Fast Company. You can also tune in weekly for her career podcast as well for professional women of color called Secure the Seat. So obviously you can see that there's been some overlap in our interests as well as Minda's. Minda's conducted workshops all over the world um, and keynotes with ad corporations like Time Inc. Y'all may have heard of that little shop. Uh, South by Southwest. This is a popular little thing. You may not have heard of it. Um, The Campaign for Black Male Achievement and the New York Public Library. She's also been at universities like Western Illinois University, NYU Stern, North Carolina A&T, and Cornell University. All that said, you may be expecting a few things from listening to this conversation. And um, what you're going to hear between her and Zach will be some amazing strategies uh, for women of color. So keep listening. We don't have any favorite things for you this week because y'all know how I am. But got you next week. Promise. See you soon. This has been our day. Peace. Minda, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Zach. Oh, no problem at all. Really excited to have you here. Did you mind, uh, for those of us who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes. So my name is Minda Hartz, and I am the founder and CEO of a career platform that helps women of color advance in the workplace called The Memo. And uh, prior to The Memo, I spent 15 years in corporate and nonprofit spaces as a consultant. And I also teach at NYU Wagner and have a book coming out later this year called The Memo, What Women of Color Need to Know to Secure a Seat at the Table. That's incredible. Now, look, let's let's kick this off with this question, because I think it's a good preface for this discussion. So you were recently quoted in a piece by The New York Times speaking to the anxieties around the motherhood penalty. I mean, you said because we are often only one or two or few in the company, uh, we we strategically have to plan our every move. Uh, Could you talk to us a little bit more about what you mean, not only in the context of bringing your kids to work or having children, but being strategic, period, as a black woman and larger as a woman of color? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, in that article, too, I also say that, you know, a joyous day for one mother or father is mental gymnastics for another. And I think that oftentimes, if you are the only ones, um, depending upon how you're being treated in the workplace, you may or may not want your child to come to work uh, with you because of how you've been treated in the workplace. And And I think when we talk of microaggressions and bias and white privilege, I think our counterparts often don't think of what that 
means for us to show up. So again, mm. you know, the, the pizza party in the in the jumpy house might be fun for, for all the other kids. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm the only one in the workplace and I'm already dealing with all this other stuff, you know, do I want to be subjected to that while my child is there with me? You know, so we have to think through. And then if one bad thing happens, our counterpart's child is being cute, but our child is being bad. You know, so we have to think about what those messages are. So each day, whether you have children or you don't, we have to really be strategic and calculate every step. So let's talk about your podcast also for a second. It's fire called Secure the Seat. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Uh, what was your journey in like creating that space? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I would say I battled myself for almost a year before I started Secure the Seat. I just didn't see myself as a podcaster, I thought, well, I have, you know, the memo, the career platform with my co-founder, Lauren, we're, we're fine over here. But what I realized was I was missing out on talking to some of the other issues that I think people of color, women of color face. And also how can our allies or how can those who don't identify the way we do, how can they be helpful? And I think that part of a seat at the table is it's great to be at the table, but securing it looks much different. And also, passing that baton, bringing others that look like us in the room with us. And I think we don't talk about that enough as people of color. I recognize your entire brand, your entire platform is really wrapped around or centered around empowering women of color in in the workplace and just period. Um, and we know that you have a book coming out called The Memo. Can you talk to us a little bit about what led you to, to work on this book and write this book? And was it a similar journey to the Secure the Seat podcast uh, was there any one moment that really hit you and sparked the fire that made you say, hey, I need to write this? Yeah, it's interesting because I had an idea back in 2012. So now, you know, it's 2019. So right. sometimes we just sit on things for a long time. right? Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to do something, but I didn't know what that something was. And it didn't manifest itself until 2015. And I realized that what is my legacy going to be in corporate America? What is my legacy going to be in the nonprofit sector? And if there aren't people advocating for women that look like me, uh, for, you know, men that might identify as, you know, people of color, I, then who, if there, if no one else is going to do it, then I need to be stepping up to the plate and add my unique slice of genius to this puzzle, because it's one thing to get yourself in the room, but if you're not bringing others along with you or sharing that secret sauce, then what are we doing? Right. And so when we think about those who came before us, uh, like the Harriet Tubman's, the Frederick Douglass's, the Malcolm X's, they secured the seat so we could secure our seat. right? Mm. And so Mm -hmm. I want to be one of those people that um, played a role. And even if it's a small role and just having people think different, we talk a lot about leaning, leaning in, but what we're seeing is a lot of us are leaning out and that's what I don't want to happen because we work too hard to, to step away now. Absolutely. And it's interesting. It's, I read a piece recently saying that leaning in does not work. If you're a black woman, if you're a woman of color, like it doesn't work. And I'm not using women of color and black women interchangeably because those are unique experiences and identities. But what I mean is that like even that language and like the, some of the frameworks in which we discuss discuss these things they're centered around whiteness and like it needs some of these need to be looked at or examined differently when you're talking about black and brown experiences your whole point around leaning out that's really interesting can you like talk a little bit more about what you like how what do you mean by people are leaning out as others are trying to lean in yeah so we talk a lot about 
diversity and inclusion and equity in terms of marginalized or underrepresented groups. And what we're seeing is that at least for black women uh, in particular, that a lot of us are leaving corporate America and starting our own companies. And which is great. That is to be celebrated. But we're leaving because of frustration, because we're not being invested in, because of all the education that we've obtained is not moving us forward. And so if they're not moving us forward, we're moving out. Right. And so we're being cut off from this opportunity on the corporate side to obtain generational wealth in that regard, because the reality is not all of us will be successful entrepreneurs when we leave the, the traditional workforce. And so I'm saying that we're almost have no choice but to kind of lean out of that. And my thing is like, let's put the pressure on these companies for us to for them to let us have stake in the ground and uh, and move us up. And if they say that's what they want to do. Now, look, I'm not trying to have you give out the sauce for free, but your website says that the memo addresses some of the ugly truths that keep women of color from the table. Again, without you talking, giving the whole book away on the podcast. (laughs) Could you talk a little bit about what some of those ugly truths are? Yes. So I can't give all the sauce, but you can go and pre-order it wherever you like to like to buy books. (laughs) Hey, uh, help help me secure my seat. But um, what I what I will say is. A lot of the business books, a lot of the career books are centered, as you said, around the experience of white people in the workplace. Right. And then we read those books and we take what we can out of them and make that one size fit all work for us. And and I'm saying, no, uh, there are unique experiences that I've had as a black woman and that other women of color have experienced in similar ways. And and I want to shine a light on that. You don't understand what it's like showing up in a being the one out of 90 employees <laughs> only looking, only being that, that person of color. And I know I speak from the lens of being a black woman and, and a woman of color, but I believe this book is important because as we talk about the future of work, this will require anybody who sees themselves in a management position to understand the unique experiences of their talent. And, and that requires all hands on deck. 100% right. And it's so interesting. We talk about the future of work and we talk about how, uh, workforces are getting browner, right? The next five to 10, 15, 20 years, like the workforce will look dramatically different uh, than it does today. And it's going to be more and more important for there to be content and thought leadership around what does it mean to be other, right? And not, and, and not that again, as the workforce get brown, doesn't mean that leadership is necessarily going to get browner, but it does mean that there are going to be more non-white folks in these spaces who are going to like be new to these spaces. So what is it going to mean for them to navigate and really be effective and be successful and not not drive themselves crazy, like for lack of a better word, and trying to like really navigate and how to how they can really operate and uh, be successful here. So and really speaking to that, you already alluded to this a little bit uh, about allyship. So I believe black and brown folks aren't really going to go far in the corporate space without strong allies. Can you talk a little bit about what good allyship means to you or what allyship looks like to you? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, I mean, you made a really great point is just because the workforce itself is becoming more Crayola-like, right? More colors added to the spectrum. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that the leadership is going to be. And that's the part that I'm like, no, the future of work requires us to be at that table too. And so part of that allyship, that leadership, at least in, in my book, I talk about shifting the language because a lot of people are wearing this allyship badge 
like it's a sticker, right? Like I could go to any local store and just put this badge on and, and that's, and I'm good. And really I'm saying, let's shift it to success partners. And I talk about that in my book. It's like, no, you partner with me on the success. You know, what is it going to take for me to be where you are? Or, you know, you provide a roadmap for me an accelerated opportunity. Hmm. I've been here, I've done the work and it's going to require people adding more seats and when I was in corporate America, I had a, a, this one white man, shout out to Steve. I don't know where you are today, but. Shout out to Steve. Put the Steve. air horns off of Steve. <laughs> Steve. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, and he had the privilege. He had the status, you know, he had the the agency to be able to say, I see you and, um, you know, come, come through, pull up and let me give you the shot. And I think more and more people in privileged positions need to be giving others that opportunity because you'll never know what I'm able to do if I never have that opportunity to do it. And that required you to partner with me. And a hundred percent. And I can say that there was, there's not been anything that I've been able to achieve in my professional career that has not been at some level like strong support from some white person right like in my in the corporate space like I have I cannot look back at me like I did this by myself I always tell people that I mentor typically I mentor, I'm mentoring black folks also some brown folks and I'll say you know what's behind every strong black or brown person and they'll t- typically 99% of the time they'll say their their parents or their partner but like no a white person and they laugh but it's true when you talk about that sponsorship ally, like when you talk about that support, someone using their privilege so that you can secure your seat at the table, like you need that. Um, I just don't think that it's practical or reasonable to expect that if you are a minority in these spaces, that your very small network on your own are going to be able to kind of achieve and grow and, and get everything that you want to have. You know, you need some partnership. You said, I love, I love that success partner. So like, can you just expound on that a little bit more? Like, because I, I really like the way that that's being that's reframed. Can you talk just unpack that a little bit more about success partners? Yeah, well, thank you, first and foremost. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's like you said, the majority right now um, is, you know, white men and women um, at, at these tables making these decisions. And so they're going to have to look out of the ivory tower and say, you know what, let's identify some people that are not in the room that have talent that can, that have the, the ability, if they have the opportunity, let me partner with them and give them these accelerated career paths. And I think that's the only way we're going to do it is for them to look around the room, uh, take the time to see who's missing and, and go and get them right. (laughs) Because we're there. It's not a, it's not a pipeline issue, but if we keep leaning out due to frustration, then it will be a pipeline issue. So allyship is great, but now we need to shift into this partnership. So partner with somebody who's missing from the room and bring them up. And it's not charity. It's just giving people opportunity because nine times out of 10, they had the opportunity to get to where they are. That's the wild part, too, is that it's not charity. The people that you're identifying, the people that are out there that are not in the room, there's plenty of people out there that should should be in the room more than you should be in there, right? Like, there are people out there that have earned it. Um, but it's inter- that's a really that's a really good point too that I think I don't know I've I've seen it where even like I've had people who have allied been allies to me there's a certain kind of sense of charity right like they're doing me a favor and I take it anyway Minda because like hey look I'm just trying to get to the back so like hey if you feel like you're doing me a favor go ahead feel like you're doing me a favor exactly but, exactly <laughs> but all right okay whatever okay I'm, I'm just trying to get to the I'm trying to get to the table you going okay cool but. You know, when you talk in terms of just like internally, intrinsically, it's you're not 
it's that's a that's the that's a toxic mindset to have and it's it's false right and it's kind of racist low-key because it's like no they, this person has earned it like you i've seen you tell me if you've seen this before but i've seen in the working space where there's people who, who have excelled and they'll like they're seen as like really top performers and then you kind of just like peel back a couple layers you're like well you're not that sweet you're not that good <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> that if we if we were hitting doing some like hardcore inspector gadget work i think we would find out that a lot of people who were in that room should not be in that room no. and, and i yes. i was passed over for a for a promotion that they were quote-unquote grooming me for right when and they ended up not giving it to me and i had to I, I typically what wasn't the type of person to kind of challenge this but I'm like wait I, I've worked here way too long for this to have <laughs> happened to me and I respectfully asked you know why did you decide to bring in someone who had less experience than me has never really done this job and the response and I kid you not it was you know you're young you're gonna have more opportunities he's a good guy with a nice wife And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and but then see if you threw a table or something, they would tell you it was crazy. That's I was crazy. Nuts. That is. I was crazy. Wow. Okay, but I've been working here ten plus years, grinding, hustling, taking on all the top projects, and you're going to tell me that someone who has two years experience um, doesn't have the relationships that I have, but because he's a a white man. I don't know that that's necessarily why, but he was a white man right. and is a white man and he has a nice wife. I'm like, okay, that that's, that's where we are. And, and in that moment, I realized that this is not the table I need to be at yeah. because I'm going to keep working my butt off yeah. and doing all these great things. And I couldn't, I wasn't in a position to be honest with you to leave when that happened. I had to stay in that position another year and a half heartbroken why I helped him get up to speed before wow. I was able to leave. And so where did the heart, where do the broken hearts go? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And you know, and it's, I, I love, and I, that's why I'm just so excited. I just, I love the work that you're doing. I love your platform because obviously I've watched you from afar as like, you're outspoken, you're, you're courageous, you're, you're gregarious, you're a relationship driven, you're a strong networker, all these different things, but you shouldn't have to be all of those things to get the support that you need at your job, right? Like there's plenty of people out there, black and brown folks out here who are a little bit more reserved and who aren't who aren't as sure and, and things of that nature. And they're struggling. Like you just said, where the broken hearts go. There's people, plenty of people at work right now who don't want to be there, who don't feel supported, but don't know what to do. And that's just all the more reason why uh, your platform is so important. So I just want to thank you again for uh, even having it. Um, before we go... Do you have any parting words? Well, first off, I want to say thank you. And thank you to podcasts and platforms like yours, because we all need each other. Right? <laughs> when yeah. when you're successful, I'm successful. When I'm successful, you're successful. And there there can be so many different ways that we get this information out to all the broken hearts. Right. <laughs> and I think it's really important um, that we talk about our experiences. And it was a journey. I just want to leave everyone saying that. The, the Minda that I am talking to Zach right now, it was a process. It was a journey. It was a process. I was not this outspoken. I was not, I've always been driven, but what I'd say a silent assassin, right? Like I didn't really do a lot of vocalizing. Yeah. I just, but I realized that there are a lot of people who, like you said, cannot, are not in a position to speak for themselves. And if I can help talk about the stuff that they can't 
in these settings and their bosses hear about it or read the book, then we're winning together. I love that. Um, and you know what? Also, before we go, go ahead and please plug your stuff. Like where can people learn about you? Where can people pre-order the book? Where where can we get more of Minda Hearts? Well, thank you. Uh, this is really important to me, this book, because when we were pitching it to the publishing houses, um, my agent and I, we kept hearing that there's not a there's no one that would want to hear this. There's not an audience for this type of material. And and there is. Right. And so please go and pre-order this book. Let's show the powers that be hmm. that we matter. Our experiences matter. It doesn't matter if you're a woman of color or not, but there are career nuggets in here that will help each and every one of us who are underrepresented in the workforce. So wherever you like to buy books, it's the memo, what women of color need to know to secure a seat at the table. And I'm most active on Twitter at Minda Hart. So find me there. Hey, first of all, Amanda, <laughs> thank you again. And thank you all for joining us on the Living Corporate Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Living Corporate, Twitter at Living Corporate underscore pod, and subscribe to our newsletter through living-corporate.com. Please say the dash, or you can say livingcorporate.co, livingcorporate.org. We all the living corporates except for just livingcorporate.com because Australia got that. Australia, we're still looking at y'all. You need to give us that domain. Don't play. Um, <laughs> if you have a question you'd like for us to answer real on the show, look. Just DM us, right? Like get in our Insta DMs, get in our Twitter DMs. They're always open, right? Or you can just email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to check out our Patreon at Living Corporate as well. And that does it for us on the show. This has been Zach. You've been talking with the, that's right, the Minda Hearts. Catch y'all next time. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.